Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big hand this morning. Take someone by the hand this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. Father, the Bible says that every knee will bow and every, every tongue will confess that you are Lord. And so this morning, Father, we, right where we're at, we confess that you are Lord, that you are Master, and that you are King, and that you are Redeemer. God, whether we get everything that's going on in our life, whether we understand everything that's going on in our life, today we just, Lord, with open hands, say that you are the Lord Almighty, that, Lord, we confess with our mouth that you are King, and that you are Master, and that you are Lord over whatever's going on in my life. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit trying to figure it out. I'm going to quit trying to fix it. And I'm just going to set you up on the throne of who you are in my heart. That you are the Lord Almighty. And that there's nothing too big for you. There's not a problem that you cannot solve. There's not a situation that you cannot walk through. There's not a fiery furnace that we will face that you will not show up if we make you the Lord of our life. There's not a Daniel's lion's den that you won't shut the mouths of the lions in our life. If we will just make you Lord of our life. And so today we confess and speak out of our mouth that we want to make you Lord over our life. Right now. Completely. We're not taking areas of our life and handling them ourselves, and then the other areas we're making you Lord of our life. This morning we want to make you Lord over every area of our life. And God, we're going we're gonna to watch you work it out. Because you said the battle doesn't belong to me. That I don't have to take, I'm not going to take ownership of this battle. Because if I take ownership of this battle, I'm going to lose the battle. But God, you said that I am the Lord of the battle you face. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. I am the Lord of the battle you face. And if you will just stop, out of all the, 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 the confusion, with all of trying to figure it all out yourself, and trying to work it out yourself, even though you, I, I might be trying to do good in working it out, I'm still falling short because I'm not making you the Lord over my battle. So God, today, right now, today, this Sunday, in February the 2nd, I am making you Lord over my situation. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. As they continually play, turn around and shake your neighbor's hand this morning. Hand this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand for our children this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going we're gonna to release our children in uh, just a few minutes, but last Sunday we had an incredible service here at Calvary Assembly of God Church. Amen. One of the best services I've been in in probably over a year and a half. God moved. Uh, as we anointed uh, at the first of the years, we always do anoint uh, people in our congregation. And we just had a prayer line, and it was awesome. Well, this week, we prayed over all the adults. If you didn't get prayed for last week and you want to be prayed for this week, we're going to pray for you. I'm going to ask if all of my workers that helped me last week, if they'll come on uh, up front, and we're going to pray for all of our kids. And as they, uh, as they leave, they're going back to their classes 
but we're going to be praying for all the children, then we're going to be praying for the youth, okay? So uh, if you'll stretch your hands this way uh, before we bring them through the prayer line and we're going to pray over them. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes and let's pray over them this morning. Praise God. Father, you said in Psalms chapter 127, 4, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. God, we pray this morning for every one of our children. God, we have such a, a wonderful group of kids and youth here this morning. And God, we, in this world we live in, in this school system, God, we pray over every teacher, we pray over every bus driver, we pray over anyone that works in the school system this morning. And God, we pray for our children. Every child that comes to our mind right now, Lord, God, first of all, our, our children, our grandchildren are going to first come to our mind, and God, we pray over them, Lord. We pray for these children, God. We thank you for them. They're indeed, God, a heritage. They're a heritage. They're a heritage, God, to the nation. They're a heritage to our homes. And God, I'm asking you, Lord, that, Lord, we intercede for our children right now. God, they're like arrows in your hand. They're arrows of blessing. And God, we pray that as they learn the Word of God in their classes, as the teachers show them the Word of God in their lifestyle and how they live, that God, they will be shot out as arrows into this world to make a difference. God. In the months and years ahead, in the time, short time that we have with all of these kids, God, and these youth, let us, God, take every opportunity to bless them. That, God, we have a tendency to just kind of quickly, quickly move by them. But, God, we pray for them. We pray for their little souls. That God, that you would send an, an angel with a flaming sword over their little souls. Because we know, the enemy knows this is the prime time to get in our little children's heart and our youth's hearts. But God, we stand up as a church and we claim their souls for the gospel of Jesus Christ. They belong to Jesus Christ. And God, I'm asking you right now that you take an angel with a flaming sword, and you place it at the doorpost of each one of these little hearts that the enemy doesn't have any of them. In Jesus' name. And God, we thank you. And God, I'm asking you as we bring them through the line to anoint them and take the time to do that, God, that God, that in your own way, that you're going to touch their little hearts in your own little way. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Congregation, I ask that you stay engaged and, and not just kind of wander off. I'm asking you to, that if you'll just uh, put your hands this away, and I want you just to really pray for our children this morning. We got children that's come up in great homes. We got children that's not come up in so great homes. And they need your prayers this morning. And I'm going to ask the youth to follow all of our kids, every one of our youth, and we're going to anoint them and have prayer for them this morning. If you didn't get prayed for last week and you want to be prayed for. Hallelujah. 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 I thank all my workers. I forget to pray for my workers. That's not good. Amen. Everybody stretch your hands this way. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. Can you? Um, I've got a special uh, re request this morning. I want us all to stand. If every one of us is stand, stretch your hands this way but, but towards uh, Chrissy and Dwayne. Uh, it's an unspoken request, but they need God to work something out in their life, okay? It's unspoken. It's confidential. And how many of you know that God, when we pray, Listen, church, when we pray here, 
God works there. Now, we can't, we, when we pray, we're not going to see it happen in the natural. Right now, right at this moment, right at this second. But God will dispatch angels, and he will dispatch angels wherever they need to be at the correct time. So when we pray, God's going to start, he's already started, but he's going to set up things where they need to be set up. He's going to give people the wisdom they need in this situation. He's going to give them wisdom. Okay? So stretch your hands this way. When I pray this morning, I'm going to believe by faith God is in the process of already working it all out. Amen? Stretch your hands this way and let's pray. Guys, gather around them. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. God, it's not a preacher that can get this answer. It's not the preacher, God. It's the Holy Spirit. God, we don't come to man. We come to the Messiah this morning. And God, I pray right now over this precious woman of faith. God, as she exercises her faith and as she's obedient to you, God, total obedience to you in every area, whether it may look like what they want or not. The question is that if they're obedient and if they were obedient, of whatever God tells them, it might not look like what they think, but if they'll be obedient, there is an open door before them. And God, I'm praying right now, you know the situation, and you know the enemy is trying to work in the situation, but by faith, God, by faith, you are at this moment dispatching angels to carry out your word and what needs to be done in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for them as a husband and a wife. I thank you for their marriage. I thank you for their businesses. I thank you because they have been faithful. God, you spoke in my spirit because they have been faithful in the good, in the bad, and in the ugly. You are going to be faithful to them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you have, uh, I just felt like the Holy Spirit tapped me on the so shoulders. Some of you have children that are grown and they have their own kids and you have grandchildren and you're wondering now you know man i raised these kids right i tried to pour into them why is some things happening in their life or they're kind of going down their own track but god told me to tell you this morning we're going to plead the blood over their life We'll play the blood over all of our children and our grandchildren's life. I don't care if they, they, they've done got older and they have kids and they got their own jobs and things going on. And you said, you know what? I did the best that I could do. I wasn't perfect, but I, I did the best that I knew God wanted me to do. And maybe I don't understand. But the Bible says if you'll train up a child when they're young, when they get old, they will not depart from me. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, they're coming home. They're coming to Jesus Christ. And they're going to get their head back on straight. Come on. They're going to get their head back on straight. Some of them are a little crazy right now. But they're going to get their head back on straight. Because we're going to plead the blood over them. We're going to plead the blood over them. We've got a beautiful couple right here at Astor's to our home to eat. You ought to hear their incredible story about what the blood of Jesus did in their life years ago. Mama back there, she can't see real well, and she's got an incredible story about the blood of Jesus Christ. We're going to claim those kids this morning. Is it okay if I minister just a minute? We rush through church sometimes and just, let, let, let's, I'm, I'm concerned about your family and your children and your grandchildren this morning. That's a pastor's heart. That's, most of all, that's the father's heart. Amen? Let, let, let's raise our hands. We're going to claim our kids right now and our grandkids. Raise your hand straight up. 
close your eyes in prayer and we're going to claim them. Father, this morning, I know the situation might not look the best. But God, you spoke to my heart and you said, plead the blood over their life right now. And God, I, I plead the blood over our children right now. There ain't an enemy in hell that can have them because they have to walk over the blood. And that's impossible. This morning I pray for our, our children right now. God, I am pleading the blood of the cross over our children. I plead the blood over the ones that's already grown and got kids right now. That mom and dad did their very best to raise them and they're acting a little crazy right now. But God, I am asking you that you will go in. You'll send somebody to be in their path. And I plead the blood over them in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know that took a little bit of time, but I believe we did what the Lord wanted us to do. Amen. We got a lot of people uh, out uh, sick this morning, so we're down a little bit, but just be praying. Sister Dreama is, um, is uh, not been feeling good. It's good to see Sister Betty back. Uh, Addison, Pastor John, and Pastor Amanda out this morning, so I thank Tammy for and the ones helping with that. Uh, Sister Karen Carr, continue to remember her in prayer, and we got some other ones, so I ask you to be uh, remembering all in prayer. Emma had her little baby Friday afternoon. Amen. The little thing was eight pounds, eight ounces, and 21 inches long. Wow. And his name was Timothy Elijah. Isn't that beautiful? I text Brother Jerry back and said, Timothy, the spirit of the disciple, and Elijah, the boldness of an old prophet. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you thought that was good, but I did. <laughs> Amen. That little boy grow up. Amen. I don't care. Devil, listen. The devil is a liar. Yeah. God has got our children. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Honey, I think you have a few announcements. Amen. Hallelujah. How many are thankful for the mercy of God? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have felt God's presence this morning. I'm glad you come to church today. Amen. Hallelujah. Last, uh, for the last couple, uh, last couple weeks, last uh, Sunday, I had mentioned we... Uh, we had prayed for people. Uh, I didn't get to preach, but we just had an incredible service last Sunday. I believe God just moved in this place like I've not seen God move in probably over a year and a half. I mean, God just walked in this place. And I really feel like that uh, coming up, um, I'll share probably in a couple months a vision. I very seldom God ever shows me visions in in, in dreams, but a dream and a vision I had uh, uh, about three weeks ago, and I'm going to be sharing that probably in the next month, and uh, I just believe God has got, you have been faithful to God, and I believe God's got great things ahead, amen? I believe the coming of the Lord is near, but I believe God has got things already strategically planned out the way He wants them for this church, and if we'll move in it, we're going to see a harvest of souls before... Uh, the Lord comes back. Wouldn't it incredible to see all of our kids this morning? Amen. A lot of them come on our bus ministry. Some do and some don't, but it was just so great to see all of those. Uh, I'm glad they have them down there and not up here. Amen. <laughs> and, all, and our youth think the children are tough sometimes. The youth are doubled. So I just appreciate everyone that works in the kingdom of God and, and takes care of our children. Amen. That's tough. That's tough. Um, it's really tough, but I appreciate everybody that is involved in all of that. Uh, we've been on the subject, this will be the last week, but on this series called Baggage in Our Life. And 
the, the, the framework that I framed that in was uh, that the baggage that we carry in our life uh, keeps us from succeeding of where God wants to take us. And we carry all kinds of baggage. I named some of that baggage that, that we carry. Uh, all of us carry different types of baggage uh, in our life. You think about it when you're getting ready to board a plane, your baggage is going to look, uh, your baggage is going to look different than what's in my suitcase. None of us are going to pack the same suitcase. We're all going to pack different things in our suitcase. And in life, uh, we all have different types of baggage in our life that, that hold us down, but we all got it. Amen? The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, which means we all carry some type of baggage uh, in our life. And so I built, that, I built that framework about that baggage that we all carry. I named many things that are baggage. I named, it, I named pride and jealousy and lust and uh, addictions, which was pornography or, or, you know, addiction to alcohol or drugs or just name many things that, um, that can become baggage in our life. And as Christians, we don't think sometimes we carry baggage in our life, but we, we do. We carry unforgiveness and things like that in our life. And so as I built that framework uh, the last couple of weeks, this, this morning, I want to I wanna tell you and I, even though we carry baggage in our life going into 220 which is not only a new year it's a new decade in our life and God not only uh, strategically sets things up in our life for the upcoming year but he, he sets up things in our life for the next decade if the Lord tarries and so I want to step back and, and say if God is going to uh, do something great in our life this coming year. I want to claim that he's going to do something great for my life this next decade coming up. Amen. If I'm going to claim this next year, I'm going to go and claim it all. I'm going to claim the next decade. Amen. And so with saying that, building that framework of us having baggage in our life, God wants to give every one of us a fresh start. Coming up this next year, this year now, and the next decade. And I don't think it's any of us here that would not welcome a fresh start in our life. And when I look at the life of uh, Elijah, when I look at the life of especially Moses, and when I look at the life of uh, Peter, and when I study the, the New Testament, I study the, the prophets of the Old Testament, and when I dig into the, the New Testament disciples, I, I find myself finding that every one of them had some type of baggage and things in their, their life, and God always gave them a fresh start. If I look at the life of Peter and study the life of Peter, Peter was always needing a fresh start. Peter carried all kinds of baggage in his life. One minute he's all out for Jesus. And the next minute he's denying Christ. And the next minute he's all out like a wild man for Jesus. And the next minute he's saying, I don't know who Jesus is. But then Jesus turns right around and wants to know where is Peter. And so this coming year, this new decade coming up, I want to encourage you that God, right where you're at, no matter your age, God wants to give you and I a fresh start. And I don't, I don't believe any of, us, any of us would deny and not say we don't want a fresh start. That's why I love this scripture in Isaiah chapter 43, and I think I might have quoted this uh, last week. But Isaiah chapter 43, I want us to read it together. It says, forget... Let's look at that word there. Forget the former things. Do not dwell. Do not think. Do not let yourself meditate on the past. Whether some of you guys is at goals and you have great ambitions of wanting to accomplish great things and you've already did that in your life. 
for you to move forward, for your goals to be greater, and for you to accomplish things that are ahead, you're going to have to quit back. You're going to have to quit looking at the accomplishments in the past, or you won't get to where God has taken you in the future. So we've got to forget the old past things, whether they are good or whether they are bad. It says, for see, I am doing, what's it say? I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. We quote that scripture as God is going to do a new thing. But God tells me in this scripture that I am already doing a new thing. So if he's already doing a new thing, then the door that is before me has already been set up. That means the door is already beginning to open that he wants me to walk through if he has already started the new thing. And if he started the new thing in my life, that fresh start, if I'm not careful, I will miss the fresh start that he's about to do because I'm dwelling on the past and the old thing. So I will miss what God has for me because I'm dwelling on the past things that has happened or even the things that are happening now or even the great accomplishments that I'm not going to receive the open door that is for me now because he says, I am doing. Not I'm going to do or I did. Listen, he said, I am going. I'm, I'm doing a new thing right now. That excites me because now my prayer is, God, my prayer used to be, God, I'm waiting for that opening door. Uh, when are you, God, going to open this up? God, when are you going to do this. God, when are you going to accomplish this in my life? And I think we've all prayed like that, haven't we? But now, my eyes are open. It says, now it springs up to you. It said it's, it's springing up right before you. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, or the desert. What he's saying, have you missed what I've already started? God, last Sunday, we had an incredible move of God, if you wasn't here. God, was that a start of a move, of a revival, a move of God that you want to do in this church? Am I seeing that? Or is that just another service that I will walk out and say, God, thank you for the move of God and move on? Or will my spirit see? Will I perceive that he has started something new? How I talk, how I act, what comes out of my mouth will let me know within the spirit if I believe what he has started is the new thing. So I believe he's already started it in our life. He's already started it in the church. He don't have to start it. He's already started it because he said it, it's springing up. Do you see it? Now, just like our children, just like people that we're praying for that's lost, we pray for them and we don't see it. What We, we, we pray and we don't see it happen at that moment, so we think that God is not working in their heart or in their life at that moment. But the first time that we prayed, God heard our prayer. Come on, the first time we prayed, God heard our prayer by faith. God moved upon that situation in the spirit realm. We didn't see it in the natural because it got worse in the natural. But it might have got worse in the natural. But in the spirit, God has already started the new thing. By faith, I am asking Him to let me see what He's already started. 
And he said it's already springing up. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 puts it this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Meaning, there's a fresh start that has come. The old is gone. The new is here. The new means to grow or to flourish or to have rapid increase. Which I wrote down, I am claiming and speaking out loud that God has already started that new thing. And with that new thing is coming a rapid increase in my life and the life of this church. Why? Because Jesus Christ is coming soon and very soon. And what He's about to do in your life and my life, He's going to start to do it rapidly. He's going to start to do it fast. Why? We only have a short time left. And God said, I'm on your side. I'm bringing an increase rapidly in your life. Forget the past. Look at what I'm doing now. Look at in the future because I'm doing a new thing, because I'm giving you a fresh start. Wow. Wow, God. Doesn't matter how old you are, what's happened in the past. He said, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a new thing today. It's already started. So I'm going to give you three things that, that we, I feel like that we need to do that I got wrote down for this upcoming year. We know that God wants us to Put the past behind us. We always make these New Year's resolutions. Ate like a pig at Thanksgiving. And I ate like a pig at Christmas. Now that, and I've set up New Year's resolutions that I'm going to the gym at the beginning of the year. So that gives me an excuse to eat like a pig during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because I made this New Year's resolution. January, man, we might do pretty good. February, pretty good. Man, we are out the door. That's too hard. So this year, I don't really want us to make New Year's resolutions. I want us to make good decisions. I want us to make good choices. Because nine times out of ten, these New Year's resolutions are just not working out. Have they worked out for you before? Some, some not. I want us to make good decisions coming up this year. If God has got something for our life and He's already started the new thing in our life, and I'm asking Him to show me what He's doing, then I want to make good choices. I want to make good decisions. And the first one is, I will, not, I will say to myself, I will not waste the opportunity or the door that is set before me. God has a door set before you and I. He's got an opportunity up ahead set for you and I. And I don't want to miss it. I, I don't want to miss what God has. And if not careful, I'm going to miss the opportunity that God has for my life. And let's make good decisions. Then I'm going to put the bad behind me. And I'm going to make a decision that not only the bad things, but all of my accomplishments, I am not going to dwell on. That's a decision at the first of this year that I am making, as I said just a few minutes ago, that I've got to quit dwelling on the past. No matter how good or how bad, I can't dwell on it. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, verse 16 says this, Be very careful then how you live. Make good decisions. Don't waste the opportunity that God is setting before you. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the, the most, let's say it together. Making the most of what? Every opportunity because the days are evil. This year... I want to go further than I've ever gone. I want to accomplish, I want to accomplish more than I've ever accomplished. I want to love on people more than I've ever loved on them. I want to help them more than I've ever helped them. I want to give more than I've ever gave. I want to care more than I've ever cared. But I've got to make a decision to do that. And I've got to make a decision that God is going to set opportunities up before you and before me. And I don't want to miss those opportunities. 
because he's doing that new thing, I don't want to miss it. How many of you just getting just a little bit older? Oh, come on. How many of you just getting a little bit older? And you don't want to miss those opportunities. Second thing is, I'm going to quit trying to fix things on my own this coming year. Watch this. If God is doing something new in my life, which He told me He was, for every open door, always remember there will be an enemy. For every new door that opens for you, for every new opportunity that comes your way that God has, for the new thing that He's already started in your life, there will always come the enemy. So when the enemy hits you really hard, that is the time to worship harder than you've ever worshipped. Why? Because it's an indication to you that the new door's about to open. Most of the time, the new door doesn't open up before the enemy shows up. One person said... New levels, new devils. While you're trying to fix everything that's in your life, you're going to miss the new thing, Isaiah says, that is already starting to spring up. Because I'm staying focused on my problems and because my focus is on my problems, I miss what God is doing in the now. John chapter 6 in the New Living Translation says this, The Spirit alone gives eternal life. The Spirit alone, He gives, he gives wind, He gives the breath. Human effort accomplishes, listen, we all need to hear this, accomplishes nothing. Your human effort trying to fix it is going to accomplish nothing. But nothing but, and I will add, wear you out, give you a headache, give you ulcers, and bring you down because you're trying to fix it. And you can't, you can't. Fix it. John 6, 63 says, The Spirit alone gives life. So when I'm trying to fix all of this stuff in my life, then it, listen, then it cancels out the Spirit's work. When, when I try to fix it myself, it cancels out the Spirit's work. But when I step back, and allow the Spirit to take care of it. To hold my hands out and says, Here I am, Lord. Me standing in the need of prayer. It means my pride has to go. My great ambition has to go. All of my accomplishments have to go. And God, here is my problem that I have been trying to fix on my Oh, but Lord, it's me, it's Kevin, standing here in the need of prayer, and I need your Spirit to come in this situation, your Spirit to work it out. I'm stepping back, and I'm inviting the Holy Spirit in to fix my problems. And Spirit, when you work them out, then I am opened up to the new thing you are about to do in my life. Romans chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 3, in verse 5 through 6, says it like this. It says, trust in the Lord with half of my heart and lean on half of my understandings. And if I do, if I'll acknowledge Him, He'll direct my paths. 
If, 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 if I trust the Lord with half of my heart and give Him half of my situation and I try to work out the rest of it out and I lean on my own thinking of how it's going to work out, I'm going to say, you know what, Kevin? You might not be the, 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 your elevator might not go all the way up, but at least it goes halfway up so you can probably work it out some. No, no, no. He just said, it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't, Kevin, it doesn't matter how many leadership books you've read. It doesn't matter how many times you've read your Bible. And it doesn't matter how much you've prayed. So, Kevin, you might as well get off of that little religious kick and run that you want. Because it said in, in Proverbs chapter 3, 5, Trust in the Lord, Kevin, with all of your heart. And lean not on, no matter what you know, any of your understanding, lean not on your own understanding, your own, no matter how smart you think you are, all the, how much you think you got it all together, no, 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 no. I figured it out. I know what to do. I'll do this. This will happen. I got it all together. Nope. It says, don't lean on your own understandings in all your ways. Say in all your ways. Come on, let's say it out loud. In all your ways. That means in all of your ways, if you will submit them to Him. God, I, I, I submit all of my, what I'm thinking, uh, everything that I've got going on in my mind, how I'm going to work this problem out, and, and God, it's going to take care of itself, but no, it's not going to take care of itself, so I'm going to bring all of my thoughts here, put them together, and I'm going to work it out. He says, no, you just submit them to me. You submit Kevin, you submit your health unto me. You submit your wife unto me. You submit your daughter unto me. You submit the church unto me. You submit your leaders unto me. You submit everything in your life. Just submit it to me. Submit it to me. Come on. Come on. Submit it to me. I'm trying to fix it. Come on. Submit it to me. Just give it to me. Well, Pastor... I know you're hurting, and I don't. I know you don't understand why that's happening in your life. You did the good, and you seem like you're reaping the bad right now. I understand that. You know, I tried to do everything that I could do to make it right, and 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 and, and it's it's not going in that direction. I tried to be the good mom. I tried to be the good dad. I tried to be the the good person. I tried to be the good friend. I tried to be the good family member. I tried to fix everything in my own life, Kevin. But 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 no 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 no. Come on, church. Come on, that's where we're at. Come on, come on. No, he said, just submit it to me. And then you step back. After you submit it to me, watch the Spirit work. Watch the Spirit work. You step back. Because every time you step in, you're messing up what the Spirit's trying to do. Some of you... Or thinking, why has it been so long since I'm getting my, I mean, why has it been so long? I've been praying, 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 and I had, I've not got my answer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know why? Because you've submitted it to Him. But about a, a quarter of a way through it, you've stepped back into it. And then He has to move out of the way because you think you got it. And then He steps, when you step back and submit it again, then the Spirit starts working. You step in, up, up. I think I'm going to help the Spirit out. Well, can I give you some good news? Good luck. The last time I tried that, it didn't work. I messed it up. He said, submit it. He said, I'm going to make your path straight. What he means is, I'm going to give you, listen, I'm going to give you a word in the Spirit that's going to bring peace. It's going to bring comfort. It's going to bring joy. And I'm going to give you direction to what you're facing in your life. And when you walk that path of obedience, I'm going to bring that new thing that's starting to spring up in your life. I'm not only going to take care of your situation, I'm going to give you a double portion because I'm giving you a fresh start. And that new thing's going to spring up at the same time I'm working out and fixing what's going on in your life. Now, church, it don't get no better than that. 
We serve a big God. You know who gets in God's way? Us. God don't have no problem fixing our problems. He knew it was going to be a problem before it was ever a problem. We are freaking out over it. We're freaking out over what's going on in our life. Come on, aren't we? Come on, come on, church. Come on. Let, let, let's, let's get real. We're freaking out. The kid comes home at 1 o'clock and you give him a curfew at 11. Or Jensen Franklin say, he said, we're, we're just kind of going crazy, me and my wife. My girls drove me crazy. He said, hey, but, but you know what? God has got it. That's what I want to get through on this point. We're trying to work our problems out. But look at your neighbor and say, God's got it. The third thing is, I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to live under the power that Christ has given me. I'm, I'm going to make a decision through this, this next year and this next decade that I'm going to live under the power that God has given me. This fresh start doesn't come without obstacles or a set of problems or difficulty in our life. Example. We hear about the birth of Christ. Jesus Christ is upon the, upon the scene as a baby. We don't hear anything about Christ for almost another 30-some years, or 30 years. Christ comes upon the scene. All we know that He was a, a son of a carpenter and worked in His, car, in his uh, father's carpenter shop. And I would love to know those years, wouldn't you? But then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up on the scene. They, they baptize Him, and he, he comes up with a, a dove, so to speak, on His shoulder, right? What happens right after that? He's led out into the wilderness, isn't He? The point is, the door when God brought Jesus Christ upon the scene with the new thing of humanity and what God was going to do in the hearts and lives of people through His Son, Jesus Christ, right after that, the devil shows up. And he used the Word of God to defeat the enemy. You need the Word of God and the power of God to defeat the enemy of the new thing that's springing up in your life. And because it's a new thing, and because God is doing that new thing, don't think that the devil is not going to come knocking. I think it used to be an old country song or rock song, Who's Coming Knocking? Don't think he's not coming knocking. But what is so great about it, I have the power. Listen, I'm not defeated there because he's knocking. You don't, you're not defeated because the enemy's knocking. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You're not defeated because the enemy's knocking. Every one of us, the enemy's knocking at our door, isn't he? You're not defeated because he's knocking. You're defeated because you know, you're not using, and I'm not using the power that's available to us through the power and work of the Spirit for the enemy to be defeated. And so just because he's knocking doesn't mean I'm defeated. That's a sign that victory's ahead. That's a sign I'm about to walk into that new thing that God has for me, Sister Rosemary. But when it comes to knocking, i got to allow the Holy Spirit inside of me to defeat the enemy that is before me. That's why Romans 8 through 30, uh, 35 and 37 puts it like this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Which translates, who shall separate us from the power of God? Who shall separate us from the power of God? Shall tribulation? No. Shall hardship or persecution or fame or nakedness or danger or sword, devil? No. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him. Through Him. Listen, we're more than conquerors through Him. Say, through Him. Through Him 
not through me, not through what I think, or what I think is going to work out in this situation, but through Him that loved me. Through the power of God who loves me, I am more than a conqueror, those that believe. Hallelujah. You may feel beat up, conquered, or defeated. But you're more than a conqueror to those that believe. And I'm running out of time, but I'm going to give you one more thing. I'm not going to be able to finish, but I'm going to give you more, one more thing. Look at your neighbor and say, all this sounds good. All of it sounds good, doesn't it? Praise God, we're going to clap our hands, shake hands with each other, going about, I love you, buddy, daughter, in Christ, we love you, have a good day today, Super Bowl's on, Sunday's on, praise God, hallelujah, have a good day. Go home and eat your Wheaties and chips and Pepsi and Coke and whatever else, you know, and I set up a crazy leadership meeting on Sunday, okay? None of, listen, none of this is going to happen in your life. And I don't have time to give you the other two or three things that I got, but none of it is going to happen in your life, and I wrote down, unless you live with a victorious attitude. With a victorious attitude. Charles Swindle says this, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. So if, so, if, um, so if I'm going to experience the new thing that I've got going on in my life, that God wants to spring up and bring up in my life, then I am going, and I'm not going to be able to, excuse me, to walk around with a victim mentality in my life. I'm not going to walk, have to walk around with a victim mentality in my life I say this with sincere sincerity out of my heart and my heart breaks for people that have been molested uh, smacked around by their dad or their their mom people that have people have such horror stories that when I hear them I can't even I can't even start to imagine much less imagine what some people's gone through and all of us has gone through things in our life. It might not have been our childhood. Maybe it was a bad marriage. Maybe it was a bad... I don't know. I don't know. And maybe you're going through it now. But for, for God to do something great in your life, and that new thing to be before you, and you see it, and you walk in it, and you have this fresh start, you're not going to be able to walk around with a victim mentality. And I say that with all love. For what a lot of people's been through. You can't walk around with a victim mentality. You cannot have a positive life and a negative mind. It is not that we don't have faith. It's Satan trying to destroy our faith with his lies. And those lies bombard our mind. See, if when we start believing those lies and accepting those lies and adopting those lies in our mind, it is going to destroy the fresh start that God has in our life. Remember, you become what you think. You think discouraging thoughts, you're going to always be discouraged. Remember this, your life will not get straightened out until your mind does. Your mind, you might want to write this one down, your mind is the leader or forerunner of all your actions. And that is one of the most truest statements that I could stand here and make. Your mind is the leader or front forerunner of all the actions in your life. And so if you don't have a, if you can't be a person of a positive attitude, no, no, we're not going to all be positive all the time, Right? 
But walking around negative all the time, grumbling and complaining and fussing about what's going on in your life all the time is getting you nowhere. We all have had things in our past, Brother Roy, that has destroyed us. We all, Brother Wayne, has had things in our, in our past. Every one of us. I love Brother Roy's story. I, I wouldn't stand up here and tell it, but Brother Roy's got a great story of how, where God has brought him from. I mean, he, 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 he can quote Scripture better than I can. He'd have spit Scripture out. But he could have decided, if you know his story, he could have decided to live right there or pick himself up and go through some things and learn the will of God and pray and say, I'm going from where I'm at. And today, he's in church, praise God, because he decided to have a good attitude and say, God, take me from where I'm at and make me this kind of man. Well, let's give him a hand. Lastly, you're going to have to have a a good attitude and a made-up mind. And I'm not going to have this victim mentality in my life. Oh, Lord, here it's me again. God, here it's me again. Oh, God, going through this again in my life. Me again, Lord. I can't sit. How many of you ever thought this crazy thought? Lord, it would be nice if brother and sister so-and-so would go through a little something in their life. It looks like they got the nice cars and the nice house and the nice money and the nice jobs and the nice health and nothing's going wrong with Susie and Johnny. Please, God, let them go through something. Can I tell you, Susie and Johnny has got their problems too. You don't have to be a pastor too long. The ones that's got money has got their problems too. As a pastor, I've talked to the ones that have nothing and I've talked to the ones that's had a lot. Being in sales, I've talked to men that were multi-rich. And can I tell you, they own multiple stores and multiple things. Can I tell you that guy that sat right across the table from me that I drink a cup of coffee with, that man had his own problems. So I can tell you that we all have things in our life. Let's try our best to have a positive attitude about it. Amen. Let's stand. It's getting late. Let's grab a hold of somebody's hand. I didn't mean to keep you quite this long this morning, but uh, grab someone by the hand, and we're gonna we're gonna close in we're gonna close in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you're Lord. You're working out this. God, I I just believe that you are going to give us in 2020, this new year, this new decade, I believe, God, that that we're going to face what's in our life with mountain-moving faith. God, I I believe if we will keep this, this attitude that we're submitting to you, giving it to you, and walking in your grace and your in, in faith in you, that our victorious attitude is going to be, I can face whatever I'm facing in my life with this mountain moving faith in my life. God, in Matthew chapter 17, he says, why do you have such little faith? If you have a faith of a mustard seed, you can say that that mountain move and it's going to be moved. So, Father, we're going to, I want us to walk out of here today. God, with an attitude to God, that thing is before me, that new thing, that fresh start, I'm going to embrace it. And I'm going to embrace it with a great attitude. And I'm going to embrace it that God is for me and not against me. And God has got things already taken care of in my life when it comes to problems. And I'm going to forget the past. And I'm going to look to the future of what God has. I want you to take a minute. If there's someone standing around that don't have a partner with them, I want you to, I want you to partner up with them. Just look around. And if someone is not standing that doesn't have a partner, go partner up with them. And we're going to pray over them right, right now. Just find someone that might not have someone standing with them. And 
Men, you look around. If it's somebody that's not with them, then you uh, partner up with them right now. And I, before we leave, I want you to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. The Bible says that our prayers are answered because we pray for others. Let's take a few minutes before we leave. And I felt the Lord say, have them to pray for each other this morning. Hallelujah.